stop Sure you want the rest of it? Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, a podcast where we analyse, scrutinise and review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers film Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, Trent, and as ever, we are joined on the podcast by... John. Tim. And our guest, Evelyn. Hey guys, what's up? We're we're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are reviewing episode 21, which begins with... Scorpio walking on a rooftop. And pretty much ends with Scorpio alarmed he's lost something. We'll, we'll call this episode Pashmina and Ice Cream. Yes. It's a big part of what we see. <laughs> um, well, I love ice cream, so I'm really excited. <laughs> um, I love the, I don't know if this happened in the last minute, the campy way he does the gloves. Spirit fingers. Yeah. Spirit fingers, sorry, yeah. Spirit fingers. And uh, Evelyn, you're just freshly back from Japan, aren't you? I am indeed. Well, did you know that? The rifle that he assembles is a 7.7 Arisaka Type 2 paratrooper takedown rifle. Paratrooper. Mm. Mm. So maybe he was military. Yeah, but from the other side. Mm. Oh, yes. And the IMDb notes say that it's interesting maybe that Scorpio's weapons of choice, you've got the German Luger, the Japanese rifle are all sort of Axis power weapons and Harry's the one with the elephant gun on the rooftop and the 44 Smith & Wesson from the West. But um, guns. We've already had our two gun experts on. Are you one, Evelyn? <laughs> a gun expert. Well, in a way, we had movie gun expert, <laughs> Glenn and, and Ben. I like the look of them, but I don't yeah. know anything about guns. I like Daddy Harry's gun. The, what is the it? The cannon. Magnum. The Magnum. 44 Magnum. It's like the most powerful handgun. <laughs> My, it's a big yeah, one. Head off, yeah, head clean off. <laughs> um, I really enjoy his gun because, you know, when he brings it out, he means... He means fucking business. Yeah. Like, yep. you will lose a limb, um, which I enjoy. Well, it's probably time, folks, we spend a bit of time for once talking about Andy Robinson. What do you think of him, Tim, so far? He's great. The actor, the character. Well, he yeah, yeah, he hasn't been on screen much. No. But as if you watch the whole film, I think you really appreciate him if you, if you like the film. Clint was really lucky to have two movies in a row where he's got great, you know, the rivals – the antagonist, you got um, Play Misty With Me. Mm. Very bad, uh, very great actor. What's her name? Um, oh, Jessica. Jessica Harper. No. No, Jessica who plays, uh, interestingly, Evelyn. Um, on the rest of Development. Yeah, she's the grandma in the rest of Development. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my name escapes me. But it has a great villain counterpart in that. And then these next movies, Dirty Harry's got Andy Robinson, who he plays off really well against. Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter, her? yeah. Yeah. Great yes, sort of Jessica role. Jessica Walter, yeah. Now, I'll just give you a little bio, Tim, I've got of Andy Robinson. Apparently, he was a juvenile delinquent as a kid, so much so that he was sent to a boarding school for troubled children. Um, but then later he made good and earned a Fulbright scholarship and went to um, London to pursue acting. And reportedly, Clint saw him in, a, in an off-Broadway play, uh, a rip-off of The Idiot called Subject to Fitz which I haven't done any research on that play, but it sounds like it would suit him to a T. Um, 
I just can't imagine Clint going to a Broadway show, to be honest. So I, that's anyway, that's the urban myth of how he came to the radar of Siegel and, and uh, Clint. And he's just he's such a great actor here. He uses his face very well. I think maybe you can tell he's from the stage, the way he acts and his eyes come out. Very expressive. Yeah. Especially when he loses something and then finds it again. Um, apparently Robinson didn't have a vision for how he wanted to play Scorpio at first. When he first read the script, he thought Scorpio would be, quote, a balding guy with a paunch who hung around bus stations, <laughs> uh, which is not quite how he plays <laughs> him here. I'm sure Scorpio spent some nights prowling around bus shelters and stuff. And um, so he just decided to play Scorpio as a nasty human being. Do you think maybe Heath Ledger was inspired? Oh, the Joker. <laughs> the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually see a bit of a similarity to that. The curly hair. Yeah, yeah that's it, exactly. <laughs> curly. <laughs> I was one of those people, I think there were a lot of us, um, who bought into that myth that he's Edward G. Robinson's son. Oh, I haven't heard this. Haven't you? Though. Yeah, and so even now, despite knowing that for years, I look at him and keep thinking, I can kind of see Edward G. Robinson in it. It's bullshit. Like, you know, I can't at all. Well, in in the same way that Ed, Edward G. Robinson, would you say he was quite typecast? Is it? Oh, God, yeah. 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 Well, so did uh, <laughs> his spawn, uh, fake or not. His, fake, his <laughs> yeah. mythical spawn. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Robinson's pretty much, apart from Star Trek, Evelyn has become typecast as... Um, his first lead role, actually, was in Hail Razor, which was in 87. So it was... Full 16 years after this. Of course, he was still on stage quite a bit. And then he apparently left acting for a while um, to teach. Um, he was also in an episode of Streets of San Francisco, which I'd like to track down. Oh, I might have yeah, that somewhere. Yeah. He was in Kojak. Yeah. Ironside. He did Kung Fu, SWAT, Incredible Hulk, Hulk Chips, um, Barnaby Jones. He's, did a, he's done so much TV. Yeah. It's he Moonlighting. Like He's Matlock. <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, beautiful. He's been in everything. Murder, She Wrote, X-Files. And um, Trekkies really seem to respect him, don't you, for that that's Deep Space Nine role he was in? Yeah. And also the funniest link of all time is he was in Cobra with um, Rennie Santoni and Chico as well. A bit of a reunite, re- reunion there. Do they have any scenes together in Cobra? I think on... Uh, is there a police squad of cars outside an arrest or something? I think they may. Towards the end? Oh, Maybe. It's, God, it's so long since I've seen it. Getting back to this minute 21, Pashmina and Ice Cream, we get to hear, obviously, Lalo's score really kicking in again with those um, those female voices displaying his mental instability in the background, the voices he hears, Evelyn. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I need to watch the minute again, to <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this is the bit where, like, what I can remember is he's kind of finding his next target. Oh. So, firstly, he's, like, the music doesn't quite kick in until he starts putting the gun together, which might be in the next minute. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. No, no it's in the end of this minute. Is I it? was going to point out, like, everyone says that this score inspired Assault on Precinct 13. And I think oh. this is, with the fuzz bass, you can yeah. see yeah. I can see it later on in yeah, this minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even the, the sort of symbol, like the hi hat. Yeah. Obviously, it's fake on the sold on precinct third. Yeah. You can hear the similarity here, yeah. can't you? Or even just on a really basic level. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 
Um, I think the the bit I take away from this is that why is he targeting these two guys just yeah. going out for ice cream? Obviously, very good friends. Yeah, these two guys. Um, and I like the the poncho, the purple poncho. Yes, yeah, sorry, Evelyn. I always forget what's the difference between a pashmina and a poncho. Is a pashmina? A t- I don't know what a pashmina is. Okay. <laughs> I, was I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but I was either. like, I don't know what a pashmina is. Um, bit of romance here. Look, as long as pash. it's got a hole at the front. Well, I think these two guys were going to pash later after their ice cream, <laughs> um, or while having their ice cream, because they get pretty close, like when they sit down. But um, presumably the guy in the the yellow corduroy or whatever he's pursuing the other guy. The guy's the. I don't think there's any pursuing being no. done here. <laughs> I think they're just think- friends, like Mr. Kid and Mr. Wit in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're very good friends. Like look at look at them strutting with their ice creams. It's a beautiful sunny day, enjoying each other's company. And here's some asshole on a rooftop who's about to ruin all of that. And here are some other assholes 40 years later talking about their performance. <laughs> um, but I think my favourite bit is is when he looks so shocked that he's lost them. Yeah. It's like you're on a rooftop spying <laughs> on them. If they walk behind a tree or a bush, of course you're not going to see them. Why are you so surprised? He's like, oh, God, where have they gone? It looks like he's about to have a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, that's one of the only times you see him startled in the whole thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I can't find my victims. Let's move to a different rooftop. Or <laughs> <laughs> just move along the rooftop. <laughs> it's not that hard, mate. And that's why I, I don't think he's very smart. And yeah. don't think he's had this military background as a paratrooper or anything like that. He's just not smart enough to know that when people walk behind a tree, you can't see them. <laughs> Big issues here. What flavour ice cream do you think they're eating? <laughs> Rocky Road. <laughs> Pistachio. Ah, yes. Ooh. Maybe it's a nice, like, a sorbet. Ah, yeah. Like, you know, like a nice citrus sorbet. Like- North Beach was known for the as being, the like, the Italian part of, of San Francisco. Oh, well, see? It could be a gelati and they're having a nice lemon gelato. Did they have hip- hipsters gelato? back then? <laughs> <laughs> well, North they Beach is very hipsters. trendy with the... City Lights bookstore, the Ellen Ginsberg and the Beat Generation are sort of in this part of San Francisco where rents used to be cheaper. Until in the 60s, it was becoming quite expensive and so forth, like Carlton did in the 70s. And then they all moved to, you know, the hippies moved to Haight-Ashbury and so forth. Beautiful sunny day in San Francisco. We've just paused the um, at a bit when Scorpio's looking down under what appears to be a, some sort of red... What is it? It's a red scarf or something? Some more laundry, I think. Or laundry but I take it he's just making good on his promise to kill a black person or a priest in that letter, didn't he? You kill just... a priest or a negro, he says, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's, 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 no oh, yeah. there's no connection to a priest in this, even though no. the well, church is there. Well, the church is there, so I guess it's whoever comes out first. Yeah. Was his yeah. yeah. And he found the one eating ice cream yeah. with the pashmine. I was like, I'm going to ruin his day. <laughs> Poncho. The hipster. <laughs> <laughs> the hipster couple. <laughs> it's, yeah, watching this minute and probably the previous one, it's actually making me think more about Scorpio's background than I really ever have before. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, just scouring the internet trying to find uh, legit backstory, not fan fiction crap, <laughs> um, is quite difficult. Well, they don't really give you anything. No. Time, I think. I, this is—it's actually making me want to read the novelization. 
Is it worth it, John, for any... Oh, no, I still haven't found a copy of that. I've just read Magnum Force. Uh, one, yeah. just, just make your own fan <laughs> <laughs> You get to see, obviously, where Scorpio lives very, very quickly in the, the stadium. You don't see Harry's abode until the next movie. Maybe we should make Scorpio a Dirty Harry story. <laughs> <laughs> where, where on earth did they get his, like... Full name from like that's, they don't even that's mention, what I'm trying to find. I reckon they just made that up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fake news. Remember, in the they original script, his name was Travis. So maybe when they they gave the the right of the contract for the novelization. Just Travis or Davis, or, you know, just because <laughs> in the script, name. don't they just call him Scorpio Killer and that's it? Yeah, they yeah. they don't actually give him a name. In the, the first version of the script, he was called Travis. Travis, but as we've discussed before, yeah, not a very good uh, killer name. <laughs> Hipster name, yes. Yeah, oh yeah. name, no. Travis. Charles Davis. Sorry, yeah, so we've got the, the, as we've discussed, Charles Davis, but that's all we can find online. If anyone out there sees anything, if anyone out there has read the novelization, please get in contact. Um, Be very curious to know. I should just, you know, one of us should probably just fork out the $4 <laughs> to buy it from somewhere. But, you know. So, yeah. It's not a lot really about this minute, is it, Evelyn? There's more juicier moments to come. Or? It's it's coming. The good stuff's coming. So we just, yeah, we're just a bit surprised. Obviously, it's in the script, but why he's so he's fixed his eyes and he says, "I want that one. I want to kill those ones. I've got ice cream. I want to kill them." Why he looks Again, so perturbed? He's, he's pathetic. He's a little he's child. A, a little child. He's a little child. He's like, oh god, I can't see them anymore. How am I meant to kill them if I can't even Plans see are them? Ruined. Oh, like he's like a like an adolescent teenager. Like he's just acting out. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a pussy. Not to be too morbid, but he's just seen like four kids he could kill. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to sound so horrible, but. That would yeah. be more disturbing. All the kids downstairs. Like, yeah, well, downstairs. fish in a barrel. They're in the park, hanging out, having a great time. But he goes, no, I'm going to kill the guy enjoying the ice cream. Mm. Um, but look, I don't know. He's he's on the rooftop. We'll wait and see what happens next. He's a man of his word. Well, Evelyn, uh, we talked oh, this minute. You're back from Japan. Did you <laughs> see any Dirty Harry-related stuff? There was nothing. No big, um, like... Paper, Clint Eastwood, cardboard, like something, you know, eat a McDonald's or anything? Um, I don't know if this particular film resonated that much. (laughs) As she Um, said, there's no Funko Pop toy yet. Yeah. But I think it's a great idea. We should actually, like, like if... If they're not going to make the pop vinyls, we should make the pop vinyls. <laughs> yeah, and make Let's the 3D sets. print them. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> and, he, and Scorpio could come with his gun, yeah. his rifle. And, and his little bowling shoes. Yes, his little bowling shoes. His Which messy actually, hair. Me- yeah. Curly hair. Curly <laughs> hair. <laughs> Might have to go through a few product designs to, to nail the hair. Get it just right. We could do a little, like, Harry. And, oh, it'd be great. We could do the lieutenant. It'd be a hot seller. It'd be. I'd, I'd buy that. I would buy that. Um, I think I would do that. Yeah. But no, Japan doesn't have any Daddy Harry. I'm sorry. Um, any old ads for Letters from Iwo Jima or anything? That movie? No. Have you seen that? I can picture, no, I've never seen it. I could picture Clint doing those weird Japanese ads. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> Centauri time. Yeah. Like my friend just sent me one the other day with yep. um, Tommy Lee Jones in a... Oh, he does bank ads. Well, he was sitting in a... I'll show it to you, actually. It's on my phone. He's sitting in um, one of those uh, inflatable, what do you call it? Like, 
sofas on the water and I think it's advertising coffee or something. He actually does a lot of ads in Japan. I've seen him in, in quite a few Must ads. make a lot of money from it. Yeah. Right? I don't know why he is so popular in Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the go. coffee can. Oh, oh wow. I'm just showing this picture. <laughs> Do a Google a for boss, boss Coffee. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Um, but if you're into uh, anime, I actually went to the uh, Cowboy Bebop Cafe in Akihabara. Oh, that's cool. Which 20th anniversary cafe. And I think uh, Dirty Harry would have definitely mm. oh, been influence. a bit of a yeah, sure. influence yeah. on uh, that anime series. What sort of stuff do they theme it? It's just like on the walls, decorated. Yeah, anime? I've got pictures. It's like walls and... So you're saying it's better than the Dirty Harry bar in Movie World? Gold Coast. <laughs> <Is it still laughs> uh, I have no idea. Every time I went to Movie World, that bar was closed. It was terrible. <laughs> you didn't miss like, anything. <laughs> let me in. It's just one bar with a photo of Clint Eastwood on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I wanted to go in it. Like... <laughs> I would love to have ordered a whiskey highball in there or something. It's also a location in the 1991 uh, Hey Hey It's Saturday special, The Silence of the Hams, <laughs> when Daryl Summers' character, the detective, needs to knock a few back. He goes into the Dirty Harry bar. Um, speaking of Dirty Harry bar, what is Dirty Harry's drink of choice? What do we think that would be? Beer. Here's Budweiser I- in the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Beer. See, yeah. I see him more as a hard liquor man. Yeah, I would have thought whiskey. Anyway, I think that's all we've got for this minute. Anyone uh, have anything else to say? Uh, no. All good. Um, for the next episode, John's clothes will be a little bit cleaner as uh, washing machines just being dropped off at this very second. So. Don't let them peer through the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll catch you next time at Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry. Minute. 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 Minute.